this is a stepping stone in my life and it's the dirtiest, nastiest stepping stone, but I'm stepping on it and stepping the F off. shit is wild out there. Welcome to Luke, who is your father. I'm your host, Ricky. I'm your host, Jules. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jason. Jason's in the house. He's joined us for part two of his two-part episode. We're so lucky to have him. How are you feeling, Jason? I'm good. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Of course. We are so happy to have you. Jason is six foot four and he's in (laughs) studio with us. He's the first guest that we've had in the studio since Tina. So it's taken a little bit of finagling and he's just a lanky man. We're having to adjust. The finagling is literally us just fitting him into the studio. (laughs) Anyway, yes, of course. We're so excited to have you back to business. You can see this episode and all of our episodes and bonus content by subscribing to Luke, who is your father on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok at Luke, who is your father pod at Ricky jump and at Jules, who is your father and follow us on Instagram at Luke, who is your father at Ricky jump and at Kenny K 23. We do of course, always appreciate your support. So if you could just stop what you're doing right now, go to your Spotify or Apple app. Actually, most of you are Apple people, which is crazy. Wild. Hit the five stars. (laughs) (laughs) And then click the share button and send that to the first person in your contact list. Perfect. Yes, you did a, a lot great of job. Adams, a lot of errands getting <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> but we are loving all of the reviews we've received. It really does mean a lot to us if you do want to take the time and actually write your thoughts. If you want to participate in the episode Q&As on Spotify, if you want to participate in the polls, we love to see you there. And I mean, if you're new here, why are you starting here? Go back at least to Jason's first episode. (laughs) But we are triplets who were separated at birth, reunited, and found our biological father through ancestry DNA. And that is what has divinely blessed us uh, to be able to tell these stories for other people these days. So typically, we are not doing question of the days for two-parters. We want to really just hop in there. But since we've got Jason in studio, we are going to do a question of the day. Must take advantage. Must take advantage of Jason in his vulnerable state. We have provided him with a Pacifico. So he's obligated. (laughs) (laughs) Jason. Yes, ma'am. What is your favorite way to have your steak cooked oh, oh medium, shit. Rare. medium rare for sure Can't okay he can stay he can stay <laughs> you are allowed <laughs> i grew up in, in texas so come on do you have a favorite cut oh yeah mm. no 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 mm-hmm. i'm a medium rare ribeye gal myself right. mm-hmm. kenny I have to go with um, medium rare now as well. I wow! Have, I have She's graduated. Yes. She's all grown up. But I'm a filet mignon gal. You I am are a product a filet of mignon my mom. gal. You are a product of mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am also a medium rare ribeye kind of girl, but I do have a, uh, I don't know, a trick. 
And that is for all of our medium rare people out there. Well, actually anyone. Well, no, we don't want to talk to you if you're any more than medium rare. So never mind. But anytime I go to a restaurant, I order my steak rare because they usually cook it medium rare. Which is why I'm now a medium rare. Now. And then, oh yeah. Okay. And then because if you, if they cook it too little, they can always throw it back on. And if they cook it too much, they have to toss it and start all over. And I also worked at Outback Steakhouse for like, <laughs> holy shit. I don't know, six years or something. So I have some nice little steak tips. Also Outback Steakhouse, great quality steaks, actually. And she's I, not sponsored by everybody. No, so we are not. not sponsored. I would take. I would take a sponsorship. I would one hundred percent take a sponsorship <laughs> from Outback Steakhouse. I'll talk about Outback all day long. They. I'm glad you said that because it's not something that I usually admit out loud, but I do love an Outback prime rib. They're it's it, they're really high quality cuts of meat. Great. I mean, it's Outback Steakhouse. Great. Well, today I learned, <laughs> which we always do. So again, this is Jason's part two. Jason, we left you in part one in a vulnerable state to say the least. You had essentially done your DNA test. You had been contacted immediately by Jacoba and you were sort of dealing with your new reality and coming to terms with who your biological father was. Right. You did not get the good news that you had hoped for. And we left you in kind of a vague fugue state where you were, you had packed up your car to drive and your intentions were not made clear in that episode. So let's resume okay. there and just kind of clarify for the audience what you were going through in that moment, what the quote unquote plan was. We know it wasn't. <laughs> Just take us back to, oh, to where you were. Okay. Well, I guess it really stemmed down to why I packed my guns in my car because I spent um, a couple of days just thinking of what this man did to my mom. And I and I think that, that was the only reason for what she said that he did, you know, and, and others of how the men went in and did their business and he gave it to them and threw it away and then did his and examined the women a few times before the procedure it's just i don't know my mom's my everything so i just immediately went dark i don't know if i said it in the first one but i did try to commit suicide before i drank a bunch and and you know hung myself and then i woke up and immediately it was you know 30 minutes later i was packing i don't even remember getting to st louis but just something came over me that my mom I don't know. It just, it was a feeling that my mom was like with me and she was telling me to turn around. So I immediately called her and told her what I was doing. And she just said one thing to me that, sorry, it's kind of hard for me to spit this out. I haven't said this in a while. That if you, if you do this, if he dies, I die. Because I guess she was insinuating that obviously I was going to go to jail and, you know, then she was going to end it. So I, I immediately just thought of my mom in a, in a different way. I just immediately turned back around and just thought to myself, okay, well, I'm going to fight this, I guess, the correct way. And, you know, there's certain things I've never been put in that light to where I've thought of stuff like that, to where I've gone to the extreme. I, uh, 
it was just really tough. I I don't really know how to explain it, but it was I went to a, a spot that I never thought I could get to. I never thought that, you know, you know, when you watch, you know, programs and you see, you know, murders and serial killers, you're like, how the heck do they get there? Well, I went to a weird state where I barely remember, um, you know, it's just, I, it, it scared me. And so I didn't want this man to affect me any more than he's already has. So I just started to heal myself right then and there. Um, wasn't going to let that man affect any more than he already has. And then I think this is a good time because I don't know if we've actually gone into a comprehensive, because we this is what we've been building up to, right? This DNA test, the result of it, who is this guy? But I don't know if we've really gone into the implications of this. So when, and I might be mistaken, but Robert Klein, who again, Jason was part of the Netflix documentary, Our Father, Donald, which, Donald, or Donald, yeah. I'm sorry, Donald Klein. See, fuck, I'm, his name ain't even <laughs> worth remembering. Um, and Jason go. was a part of the Netflix documentary, Our Father, which really goes very into depth into this story and a lot of the different offspring what what do you guys prefer to be called siblings siblings um and the pod which is a new a new term that we know the sibling pod so this was a doctor that what year did this start um i believe it started in the 70s i think the 70s like 78 76 maybe um went on for yeah. what like 20 years yeah and that we know of that um, we know of yeah because we're we're getting a couple in the 90s that have been born in the 90s yeah and for a while it was just 89 you know 1989 was the last like few yeah but you know the new, here comes new ones so can you tell us who this person was and how he conducted <laughs> his business i guess well to be honest with you i really don't because the the documentary really gives him a better light than than he deserves. Damn. Yeah. So in in the documentary, it shows him just driving around and, you know, but he was drunk, driving through the neighborhood, top speed, and ran over a little girl and killed her. Well, you know, my grandpa was the police chief at the time. Got it covered up, and within two weeks, he was in the military. Well... Within, I think, the first year, he decided that that's the, what he wanted to do. And I think it stems from him maybe killing somebody. So now he's trying to bring life. I, I don't know. There's so many different ways my mind has constructed his his brain. But in my mind, I feel like he took a life. So now he's going to try to around, you know, turn around and you know give life. But he did it to his best friend. You know, his best friend was telling him, hey, you know, I'm having trouble this and that to, you know, getting my, you know, girl pregnant. He was like, well, I can give somebody, I can take somebody from way on the other side. And, and that was the first time that he did it. So he did it to his best friend immediately within like the first year. And when you say did it, what he did was he told your best, he told this person, his best friend, that he was going to be using donor yeah, sperm. looked like him. Jeez. Right. So mm-hmm. there, so he's, because I think, and that's something that we've learned too in because Laura, we spoke to a couple of weeks ago and um, she's done, Laura High, she's done a ton of research into this. And we found that uh, when a family is having fertility issues and they're needing to conceive via donor sperm, their number one priority is to find someone that as closely resembles their significant other as possible. 
So he's going out and he's telling his best friend, okay, I have someone in a sperm bank or whatever it is. I'm going to find a sperm donor that close as closely resembles your significant other as possible. And I'm going to use that sperm to fertilize your egg, your embryos. And instead of doing that, he is actually using his own sperm to fertilize people's eggs. Correct? Correct. And so the first time, and we didn't know about, I don't think we knew about that, that the first time he ever did that was to his best friend. Mm -hmm. And was that before he was a licensed? Oh, yeah. He was in the military then. He was in the army. (laughs) He was in the army. Okay. So this is a very, I mean, very strange for the friend to agree to as well. We have no idea where it, it went from him being in the army to where he got his own practice. Like that area is is really gray and we can't figure it out as far as like medical school well no 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 just because he said he went to uh university of illinois and he roomed with a basketball star well we found out through you know my fbi buddy that that's a lie and then we brought that to light so there's a lot of things that he's lying about right and we i mean how do you just go from the military and then owning your own right practice i just don't and so, then, and then, yeah. 1984, he was on Time Magazine for being Northeast's best fertility doctor. So, so yeah. So it sounds like a a narcissist. Mm-hmm. I know. I know we're not armchair diagnosers here, but we know that a web of lies can be really hard to get down to the bottom of. So he started doing this when he was in the army, and then the whole kind of purview of our father is that he did this at least a hundred times. Mm -hmm. And this is what we call, as we learned, we just had a very nice crash course in this. (laughs) This is what we call fertility fraud, where he is Mm -hmm. lying about the, the um, sample that he's using to fertilize other people's eggs. And then I think the way that he did it is disgusting Mm-hmm. And what he had these women believing and all of that. So I think that's because we didn't really dive into that in your last episode, right? So when you, when Jacoba gave you the phone call, you didn't know exactly kind of what we just went over yet. So what information did you have? And then what was your guys' path forward? All at that point I had was the information that Ancestry.com gave me. And then, you know, I think I said before, I think the first one was Julie, actually. And I thought it was a friend that was pranking me or, you know, doing something stupid. So I hung up. And then about five minutes later, I think it was Jacoba. And she said, hey, look, um, I believe you You know that your ancestry's crazy numbers right now. It's real. You need to sit down. You know, if you need to do whatever, call me back. And after that, just went blank. That's when... You know, the next few nights is when I, you know, drank myself and tried to commit suicide and then drove to St. Louis. Because your understanding up to that point was that. Well, it wasn't just him. Like, uh, it, it was more of that I spent that two years, you know, idolizing this, this father that I'm going to, you know, receive and he's going to be tall like me and he's gonna play sports like you know like i did and you know because i grew up with a father that was you know big bang theory he didn't play sports he was in math clubs and you know all that kind of stuff so um it was more heartbreaking that i knew that it was 
a doctor that had been violating women and just got his career from evil. And how had you found that out that he was performing pelvic examinations on these women? Um, I, I believe it's when Netflix started contacting me and a lot of siblings started talking and, you know, asking questions to their moms and being like, hey, look, we know about this now, like come forward type thing. And, you know, all the moms pretty much have these similar type of stories. So unless you're going to believe one man, the DNA or, you know, a hundred women that have all said oh, pretty much the same thing. So it was, you know, right in the beginning of the Netflix filming. Okay. So what had Jacoba told you that made you so certain that he was, I mean, it's obvious, right? He's obviously part of a huge fertility fraud scheme and that's the data that you have at that point. But what had she said to you that had made you so upset on your mother's behalf at that time? It was more, I guess, that I heard the stories of the ones that their fathers came in and, you know, gave their semen out. And these these families were desperate and vulnerable and let, you know, a doctor, like I said before, you know, cops and doctors and, you know, those type of people, you're you know, you're supposed to look up to them and rely on those type of people. So I think it was just when I heard all the stories and then I heard my mom and, and it was just felt like a tornado of information, you know, that just destroyed me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just how could somebody like this do this to my mom on top of many, many women? You know, it's, shouldn't be here for that. Yeah. So you had kind of like an innocence lost no. moment. Oh, yeah like a total black shroud kind of fell over Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. and people's motivations and things like that. Oh yeah. Okay. I also, I think we're glossing over just a teensy bit. The fact that not only was he doing fertility fraud, but he was having these women come in. He was going into the other room saying he was preparing the sperm donors or their husbands sample and he was masturbating Mm -hmm. and creating his own sample and then going back into the room with these women after yeah while he was like still high on that yeah yeah. why still sexually aroused yeah yeah i mean so all of it all of it got me yeah yeah. we were filming up in um indiana for I think I went there twice. You know, I told them a couple of times that I'm going over there and they would not allow me to because uh, I'm just different from them. You know, those Indiana, you know, girls and guys are there or they're quieter. You know, I grew up in a, in Houston. So, um, you know, I grew up with a melting pot. So it's just a different way of life there to where, you know, one of the dudes went up there and, and you know, ring the doorbell and he answered the he answered the phone or the door and, you know, my brother was like, hey, I'm your son. You know, I just want to shake your hand. And he shook his hand. And he goes, OK, now you shook my hand. Now get out of here. And it's just like, man, I come from this dude. Like, I, I don't know. It just makes me think of all of it just made me mad. I, I don't, you know, because you, you, you see, you know, other criminals out there that have children. And, you know, I'm worried, like, am I am I going to turn out like. Like that. Am I, you know, like you never know. So it's, it's scary and it's upsetting. I, I, you know, some days I wake up depressed about it. Some days I wake up angry, but I can tell you, I think about it constantly all the time. Yeah. 
And I think that's something that Laura said that I wanted to dig into more with her. And I don't think I got the chance to, is I would be curious to see the demographics where fertility fraud is so present. Because one thing that she said is a lot of the times, and the reason that it's so difficult to get any kind of result is because the community is rallying around the doctor, mm-hmm. as opposed to the entire community that they've affected. And I would think, and I'm just, this is completely a conjecture, but I would think that that would be a stronger dynamic in more rural Small towns, Mm -hmm. Midwestern towns where they are revered as such an authority figure. And he was high up in this church, too. Yeah. We found out afterwards they finally kicked him out. Well, thank the Lord. You said that after speaking with your mom and deciding to turn around, go home from St. Louis, you started your healing right then. Mm -hmm. And then so much unfolds after that. So... All, all while in the mix of a divorce. Divorce. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was tough. And was that? And I'm sorry. I know we what you were getting to, but if I remember right, this was kind of a catalyst in your divorce. Was the reaction that? Yeah. What about that? Like, what am I going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you come home with that kind of resolve. Mm-hmm. And I think that I didn't have any family in Colorado at the time. So I don't, I mean, it wasn't great that I did this, but I pretty much tricked her and coming back to Houston, thinking we were going to go from Houston to Florida when all along I was just trying to get her to Houston. So she'd go over to her mom's house. I know that's bad. You got to do what you got to hey, do. You know, it was a year and a half of planning. So <laughs> trust me. It was, well, it was cute of it sounds like. How do the events unfold after that? At what rate are you getting information about who this man is? At what rate are you discovering new siblings? When does Netflix contact you? How do all of those events? Are you well, the one that had to tell your mom? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. How did that go? Well, it went okay, but you know, she was the hard part was when we were sitting down the first time and her finally saying at her mom's grave that, you know, I'm, you know, your dad is not your dad. And I was like, I knew that, but you know, come on. I knew that, but do you know who it is? And then she was just telling me that it was a doctor's office. She didn't even know where it was. So it was like, I was getting little information there, but then, you know, the producers and the directors for the documentary were calling me left and right. And, Fairly soon after you received this information. Oh, yeah. Because Jacoba's kind of been working on it. When I found out, Jacoba's already been on that trail. They had like six or seven of them have already met up with him personally. That's true. And he came in with a gun and he was trying to intimidate them all and just asking them questions like, what do you do? And writing it down. Just being really, really weird. So they had already kind of been in the mix for a while like original eight or 12 of them i I can't really remember but yeah i forgot that netflix it was like an investigative documentary where they're actually filming jacoba Mm -hmm. making these phone calls and make you know making these connections well right before i had found found out um my dad's mom had died so my grandma had passed and he a couple months later that i told him about you know, this, and he's, I don't know, some snap, but he immediately went into Alzheimer's. So I, I haven't really been able to ask him questions. Um, yeah. From a man that, you know, 
made millions of stocks and now he can't tie his shoes. It's just, you know, it's really tough. So immediately after that, he went into Alzheimer's and, you know, my mom, I guess, just wanted it to go away, you know? So she wasn't giving me a whole lot of information at the time to where she really didn't know a whole lot. You know, she just told me that the doctor said that to not tell anybody, this was a new type of treatment. And, you know, it's looked bad upon is what they said. So they said to never tell your kids, but all of them, they said that too. So, yeah, I just found out little information over and over as, as the documentary. God, and you're just like, are you just sitting and waiting for emails and phone calls and text messages? Is there any research Always. that you can proactively do? Not until somebody takes a DNA test. That's it. That's where we literally, when when this was going on, or right before we started actually filming, it was like two or three a week. It was un. It, I mean, it was insane. Like two or three a week, and then it dropped down. And then after the Netflix documentary went out, probably fifteen more after that. Because did that cause a surge? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It probably caused the surge in the people in mm-hmm. that town. The Netflix went all out. I mean, they put his billboard in Times Square for like an entire week. They were on a bishop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because no one else was doing anything about it. Were you the one that had to tell your mom, this is who did this and this is what he has been doing? Yeah. And did she have did she have any reaction to that? Yeah, I think she went into a little depression as well, knowing that this happened to her, but I think she was more worried about me. Yeah. and, And think all of her concerns about what happened to her were already happened. So, you know, she was from there. She just said, I don't care what it takes. You know, let's heal you. So I don't think it really affected her as much as it obviously affected the kids. Yeah. yeah she was more concerned, especially after. Yeah. And and she, you know, a little bit of her is like, you know, I can't be hundred percent too mad. She, she gave me you. So, and and then that's where I'm like, you know, I just want to <laughs> get mad, mom. That's you know, difficult. Like, it's hard. And that's, that it's something that Laura reiterated. Well, you're yeah. reiterating. Yeah. Because they you're you can't imagine being a parent and trying so hard for so long to right. have a child and being so happy to have that child. And then yeah, when you Wanting find to out redo exactly and when you find out like yeah. that it was there was any malintent or anything like that it's very i think it would it would be very difficult to be angry about that when this was the result yeah yeah so all the while you've kind of alluded to this healing journey that's happening for you in the background and before you headed to st louis you said that you had ramped up drug usage alcohol usage so was that all still happening while you we're getting these texts and phone calls and waiting on this documentary to happen and starting to film or take us on your healing journey. No. I, okay. So when I did find out it, it just prompted everything. It just, I just went full fledged. Like I was 18 in college again, on top of going through a divorce, on top of finding this, not having any friends or family living in the same town. I think I just exploded. I, to where, you know, I, I lost it, went to, over St. Louis to try to commit suicide. But I think that the going through the divorce, I think was what probably snapped because, you know, when you're going through all these things and not having one person that supports you and, you know, has your back, I think that did it. I think that did it. Mm -hmm. And did you have to reach 
a different rock bottom? No, I, I think I think the the suicide attempt and the driving like a lunatic with guns in the car to St. Louis was my rock bottom. When I got back, I from then on, I was just finding out a way to at least take care of one problem. And the one problem that was, I guess, constantly there that I had control on was who I was with and who I was married to. So it's just hard when you're on top of that trying to end it. And then they said that they're going to end themselves. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, I was just all over the place. Like I'm, I'm just surprised that I didn't have a heart attack or, you know, it's just, but when I came back to Houston and, you know, Val and I finally ended everything, I think that was a spot in my life to where I knew that everything from here on out is going to get better. I know it's going to be a struggle. I know I'm going to think about it every day, but I don't want to let this man consume me and I don't want this to consume, you know, my life. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. To take control and have something to focus on Mm -hmm. aside from that. And did you feel supported at all by the many, many siblings that you were uncovering? And did you guys forge any sort of uh, bond? Man, there's like two sides of that. I guess there was a group of them that really wanted a bond with him, even knowing all this crap. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I, I don't know why, but, you know, they didn't want to say anything. They didn't want to out this man. They they were just odd about it. And then when Jacoba and I got into, you know, talking about our story, they thought we were in it to make money. And I don't know if you know this, but, you know, when Netflix has a documentary, you don't make any money. You're not an actor. You know, you're just someone telling your story. So they just thought that we wanted fame from everything. And that's what you want to be famous for. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Like, you know, like, and I, you know, and I've told this story plenty of times, like, yes, this is a stepping stone in my life and it's the dirtiest, nastiest stepping stone, but I'm stepping on it and stepping the F off. Like, I'm not going to, you know, stand there and let this affect and, you know, and I'm, I am going to use it to propel, you know, stuff, but I, I'm, I'm not you know, using this to to get famous for, or, you know, I just wanted to tell my story and out this man. So he can't, you know, sit around and think that, okay, a, a slap in the hand and a $500 fine is okay. And, and I got. think go, so more into, into that part of it. So Netflix documentary, Jacoba, you, all of these siblings are filming, doing more and more research, finding things out. And yeah, tell us what happened to your, to Donald. Oh, uh, well, as, as far as I know, he just, um, he lived in a neighborhood next to NFL players. So he had a lot, a lot of money. And little by little, he was giving money away, hundreds of thousands of dollars to this person, to that person, a $700,000 home to this person. I mean, he just... To who? Just random people? Random people, his friends. His circle or church, I'm circle. sure, yeah. Yeah, and okay. it's just it's just the whole thing just... I don't know if you heard about his, his own children that he raised, but, you know, they're a doctor and lawyer, but they're working at Amazon and is a swim teacher. So it's just, there's so much of it that's weird. Only the family worked at the, you know, doctor's office besides like one or two nurses and then later on another doctor. So it's just, uh, I don't know. And the, the implication behind him giving all of this money away I would, would uh, so, was so that he didn't yeah, have any to we're, give yeah, to, we're as in restitution. For, uh, yeah. yeah. 
of medical malpractice. That's, I mean, that's all we can pretty much, you know, assume for. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if there's a way to come back at child support. Right. I wonder if you can do that. Um, that's a really good point. I think they covered this in Legally Blonde. Why this firm? Okay, so, and then I, I think back, and this is a harder thing to talk about. You're on this healing journey, but knowing who this person is and what they did, what effect did that have on your self-worth and self-image? Yeah, perception. Um, yeah, that's a better way to put it. I don't know because I mean, I hate this man, but then there's like 1% of me, you know, thinking that, I mean, he was obviously a genius, you know, he did some evil genius stuff like that. No one's ever thought about. So like, I don't know. I just wanted, I mean, it's true. I know it's It's true. true. But, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I I was disappointed when he wasn't when he just lies about things. He you know he said he played basketball and you know none of that's true. It's just I don't know. I I wanted it, it just hurt more than anything. Like I said before, is not having that someone that I can come talk to and just being like, okay, this dude's my dad. Like I want to have a conversation with him, but you know he won't get anywhere near me because he knows and he's heard through the grapevine of. You know, I've said that next time I see him, I will smack him in the face. um, (laughs) I love uh, that, personally. uh, Smack him in the face. I I have to wonder with what you just said. So, obviously, we have this uh, fledgling hypothesis that because he killed someone, that he then went on an absolute rampage to bring new life into the world. And I think once he did the first time, it gave him that God, God complex. complex. Yeah. It seems like with all of the data that he's interested in collecting, I mean, if he's coming into a room asking mm-hmm. seven of these pod siblings what they do for a living, it almost seems like creating new life is too pure. It seems like he's trying to recreate his own identity. Something himself i don't know and if he's lying about being a basketball player and i mean lying about being athletic lying about it just seems like maybe he is creating what he believes are tiny little clones of himself that are better that or better yeah Yeah. and there was in the documentary there was secret society no the the like well yeah yeah, maybe maybe it's that where it's the whole point of it yes quiverful that that's another theory in which I'm actually having a couple of buddies that work, you know, in um, law enforcement high up. They think it's quiverful. Yes. Because the quiver, which you put store your arrows in, is, you know, they think to produce as many offspring as you possibly can. And everything that he's done through his life and within the church, everything boils down to how quiverful is a part, I guess, of Christianity. I, I don't really know that that far of it, but it's they've had people, um, parents, like actually kill their kids because they smacking them too hard, or it's just really disciplined secret society of church. I'm not really sure. You can look into it, but they, that's another theory that they think it is. Which I think, like the whole, the root of it is, like you said, produce as your job is to produce as mm-hmm. many offspring that then infiltrates 
politics, mm-hmm. law enforcement, and all the of more, these. The more you have, the closer you are to God. Right. And it's so kind of like you said, like make it, it's like making a little yeah. army. army. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. E- regardless of whether you know them or not, mm-hmm. go forth and spread your seed, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what that seems like to me. But on the, on the tail end of, Creating the Netflix documentary, that sounds like, I believe you said in that, your first episode that that did bring you some healing as well. Oh, yeah. So if you can just let, what does your landscape look like now on the other side of this? A landscape meaning like how's my life yeah. panned out since then? Yeah. You know, I guess since the Netflix documentary, I I, I did get a lot of weird people, you know, hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and but I did, weirdo Ricky. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of them. A lot of them asking, you know, for giving me money for my stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like because of this is a DNA type thing, you have no idea the women across the country and uh, the world that has offered me ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> I'm not having any children, period. So because of this, but is that this has informed your decision to not have children because you're I'll I'll probably adopt later on, but we highly recommend it. Oh yeah. Okay, so a lot of weirdos reaching out to you on the internet. Weirdos and then how is it healing for you though? Uh just to tell your truth or yeah, just to tell my truth um, and and try to get this man outed. Uh, he has just found every way to get around it through the system. I mean, after we were done shooting and, you know, the documentary was already already done, we couldn't put any more up. They found pictures of him, like, hanging out with the judge and the district attorneys, like, at parties. And so we know, we, we know something you know, squirrely has happened. So I just want this man to get outed. I don't want him to have the funds he has because of what he's done. That's not fair. I can't imagine how frustrating that is. Like you can't, he's financially almost untouchable right. because of this. Because of this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in Time Magazine, on the cover of Time Magazine, being the number one Northeast area, you know, like, yeah. big deal. He can get paid a lot of money for being that. Were you relieved to not be one of the siblings in Indiana? Yes, I was going to ask about that. (laughs) Yes, because, you know, not going to lie here, I was a little promiscuous growing up, you know, and, you know, there was a few that I think that that happened to, to where they ended up and finding out later and never, and then moving away. So there's a couple of them that we can never speak to. They won't ever have anything to do with this. And I think that's, the reason i mean and you can't you can't blame them yeah and that was i think another thing that laura highlighted that is so sad and control that is taken away from people is because there is a natural inclination especially if you do not grow up with your sibling to feel what bond with them or to feel some kind of connection with them which you can it you read it right internalize it differently but I, i'll give him credit because there's one thing you know I found out what I really want to do because of all this, you know, when we were filming, you know, I fell in love with it. And I had a lot of people say, Hey, look, you have a voice to do voiceovers. Have you ever thought about it? Um, And, you know, 
growing up, I was that kid that, you know, my dad was sitting there reading the newspaper and I had to have that TV like volume like this. So I would sit there as a kid, you know, only child pretty much. Um, and sit, have conversations of what I thought this, these people were saying. And I'm like, holy shit, that is absolutely perfect. That's so cute. So, you know. Oh, no, no closed captions for you. Shit. I was born in 84, okay? We didn't have closed captions on TVs back then. Okay, so you you got some sense of fulfillment yeah, from I filming mean, for Netflix. That was an enjoyable experience. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Uh, like I said, I came back and did a total wine commercial. I rolled in being a kidnapper and some teaching app for children. Yeah. Like you were the voice. <laughs> you of were the, the no, 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 I, was, I was on camera. <laughs> oh, you were. <laughs> Mask, yeah, it was like Stranger Danger. I had a mask and everything. And so I came back and being like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get on a couple, you know, on screen things. But yeah. then I realized that I, I, I like doing the voiceovers. I like doing that aspect of it. I don't like going there and being like, okay, I have 15 hours that I'm not doing anything. And then they're going to call me for 10 seconds. Right. And then I'm going to do my line and then have to worry about everyone else getting there. I don't want to do that. I can sit at home and, yeah. you know, read. Yes. So, do audiobooks. Uh, yeah. There are people, of course, that will accuse other people of being opportunistic or oh, you and yeah. the siblings are ch- doing this for this reason. And it's like, what the fuck else do you want? us to do <laughs> yeah you just want me to sit at home and twiddle my fingers like, right so no. i think yeah just making i'm gonna take the dirty stone and jump off and run with it well you are in the room with the right people yeah. <laughs> and i think there's a sense of see there you go <laughs> obviously so this guy right this guy isn't seeing any justice that we know of at this point no, so to be able to to at least use his indiscretions and the evil things that he did and turn it around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That has to give some kind of Yeah, I want to show him like, hey, dude, I won. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Like, you, because of you. Because, because of, of what you, you did. You bettered my life. You yeah. Know? Like, not necessarily every aspect of it, but yeah, you know, I'm going to, you know, take what I can. And you should. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everyone has a story to tell and if people want to hear that, then I think that you should be able to use whatever vehicle that you want to tell that because it belongs to you. Right. Um, And it brings awareness and courage to other people. Yeah. And I mean, you participated in something huge as far as unveiling this fraud. Mm -hmm. Um, So I commend you for contributing to that when you were in such a fragile mindset. Yeah. I wish I was a little stronger with, you know, not having everything else go on at that time. But it seems like you truly are the best that you've ever been. Absolutely. And before we get that, I do want to just delve into that painful piece of what does it mean that he's my dad? How is that? How do you reckon with that every day? And Mm -hmm. where are you at with that question right now? I guess the hardest thing is I still can't look in mirrors for very long. I'm scared that I'm going to see his face in mine. And that's um, and I'm terrified that I'm going to end up being a sliver of what his evil brain is. And you know, I'm not that person. So it, it terrifies me that I'm going to see him in me and feel him in me, I guess. I don't know. I I hate it, to be honest with you. 
I hate we I wish I would have never I wish I would have never been involved. I wish I would have did it all completely different. Oh um I wish the man would just fall over and go away. You know, uh I, yeah, I don't know really what else to say. I just uh, I think that I would do a lot better and heal if I could just straight up get an apology. Or or just the, the rhyme or reason for it yeah like even if it's like dude you're already caught you're already the world already hates you like just tell us give us that sense of you know release what we need um why did you was this the reason was this the reason whatever it is like we don't care just give us the reason and then on top of that he won't give us his medical history so what is with these people i don't know it's a part of it, I think. I mean, I've, I've had stomach issues. Jacoba's had stomach issues. I mean, I've had doctors tell me that it was marijuana that was hurting my stomach, that it was alcohol, that it was milk, that it was that, this. And I've done allergy tests and nothing. And yeah, there's a bunch of us that have a lot of stomach issues. And people won't tell us anything. That seems to be pretty prevalent with people who commit fertility fraud. I think it's just more of the control right. piece. Right. At this point, it has to be. But I would hope every single person in this room has struggled with the trauma of their respective childhoods. Right. And had the potential to have something manifest that wasn't good inherently. Mm -hmm. But we all wake up every day deciding to be a good person. Right. And you, and that's the observation I've been trying to make the entire time. You have felt so deeply this entire time. You reacted much differently than any of us would have to the knowledge that you gleaned from your mom in your young adult life to the kind of cliff that you went off when you had your biological father revealed to you just in going down layers and layers and layers. What does this mean about him and what he did to women and what he did to my mom? That is a point that most people don't reach for years on a journey like that, which just tells me that you have the capacity to feel incredibly deeply. Mm -hmm. And that it. is good. Uh, it, it sucks a lot. Trust me. I wish I could just, could just go away. But, I but think that's what trying, makes it yeah. a guarantee that right. you are not going to turn out that way and right. you never could. But you can think of think of Donald. <laughs> He's never, he, there is no way he's ever had a moment like that because he would not have done what he did. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would hope that would absolve you eventually hope so. of that fear because I don't see it in you. We wouldn't yeah, let you the in mirrors, the house. The mirror's my fear. Yeah. Yeah. Before anything else. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't think there's anything that we, that's very sad. And I'm sorry that you feel like that. Yeah, but it's going to turn around. Yeah. You watch me in a couple of years. Everything will be good. Yeah. Go I mean, give yourself a high five. That's a that's a thing. If you high five yourself in the mirror, then it's scientific. I swear. <laughs> it seems goofy. Well, you should just try it. I'm going to try it. How did you make your way to Austin? And what are you doing now? Well, I, I got back home and split up. Was single for a year and then ran into uh, one of my good buddies that I went to high school with and he owns some land. He said he was having some friends out and one thing led to another. I, I met a beautiful woman that has 
I guess, completely changed my life, doing the complete opposite of what my ex-wife did, to where I feel like I have a partner. Been here for three years, I guess, and um, working and doing environmental work and doing a little bit of voiceover work on the side. And that's about it. And how can you, and I, this is the last question that I will ask, but tell us about meeting her and telling her all of this and how that was. Well, she was already on the the bandwagon where she didn't really want any kids until she found somebody. And then when I came in, was like, hey, look, here's the deal. Are you, you know, able to deal with this? How quick did you tell her? Oh, Immediately. Immediately. Yeah, I think you would have to do that. Yeah, we were at my buddy's property. And of course, he just found out. So, of course, he gets drunk and, hey, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, no. You know, so they all kind of knew then and theirs. But yeah, uh, she was there through all, all the filming and, you know, was there to support me. We went to the red carpet event out in LA and she, she came. So um, she's just been supportive. And, you know, like I said, I have, just have a partner now. Yeah, that's really all you've been wanting. Yeah. I think that we're seeing you on the other side of all of that. And so. you are here today looking happy and healthy. And you just got off the golf course and you're in love. Oh. <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, I guess all you can really do is wait for Dr. Klein to that situation to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully the universe, you know. There are a lot of people pushing to make that happen. That's and so. especially there have been 70 doctors now that have been revealed to have done this. 70. 70, yeah. Wow. There's I a mean, lot I don't of... I even think of doing something like that. Like, what are well, you... Well, it goes... It kind of happens to you as a yeah. child to where you think of doing well, something probably like the same that. reason that we came to the <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, there's a lot of exciting work being done on legislature, work being done on uh, regulations for the industry. So I think you and we will be so excited to just watch that come to light. And I think all of us know that in this life or the next, he will receive his comeuppance. Yes. Well, yeah. And we're really happy that so. you are here in front of well, us. But I'm sorry it. for everything that you yeah, had maybe. to go through to get here. Yeah. Appreciate. Well, Jason, where what do you have coming up? Where can people find you on social media? Anything you want to announce? No, um, I'm working on a cartoon um, Transformers little gig, so we'll see how that goes in the next year. But besides that, I'm just looking for work, starving artists. So, where are you on Instagram? It's Jason Hyatt. Or, yeah, no, dot com. <laughs> That's why I'm old. Thirty nine. <laughs> It's so at, it's Jason Hyatt yeah. on Instagram. Yes, and sir. is that the best, best place for people to reach out if yeah. they're interested in working with you? Yeah. Do you have a good... He's not giving out his sperm, yeah. people. <laughs> no sperm, just no, wait. Okay. I have, a, I, have a, uh, I guess, a, a public Facebook page um, just with my name, Jason Hyatt. So. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. For Hopefully it was a little bit less repetitive than the storytelling that you're oh, used yeah. to doing. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have three hosts. <laughs> so yeah, it's awesome. And yeah, we share the same sentiment as your mom, no matter what it took to get you here. We're happy to share the space with you today. Well, thank you.
Of course. So for now, we're signing off. In the meantime, we hope you and you, Jason, leave feeling a little bit more normal in your own family dynamic, excited for the possibilities and more curious about the world around you. Have a good week, take things in stride and leave people better than you found them. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.